Welcome to the Living on the B-Side podcast, a show that is all about music, people, and their music-related stories. In each episode, I showcase the power of music, why we love it, the experiences around it, and how music can reach our life in so many ways. Come and join me, your host, Birgit, and my guests from all walks of life for conversations about songs and artists from different genres of music, what impact they have in our lives, and what we have learned with and through it. I can't wait to take you on this musical journey with me. Hey, B-Siders. Welcome, welcome to this new episode of my Living on a B-Side podcast. Today, I have a very interesting guest to share some really interesting things with you, especially if you are into learning music, if you're into learning singing, if you're at all interested in anything to do with music further than um listening to it then this is the person for you so I'm just going to introduce him quickly and then I'm going to say hello but yeah today we have Dan Spencer on the podcast and he is the author of the best music series book for beginners series and he also has other books which are sort of in the beginner series for learning music and he sold over 7,000 of them. Can you believe it? That's amazing. He's also coaching a select group of students, recording, producing songs, and he's writing more books. Gee, he's very busy. And he also can be seen and heard as the music expert on the best music podcast, music mastery podcast, and he's got a YouTube channel with over 50 million views. <laughs> wow. Welcome, Dan. God, wow. Thanks so much for being here. It's a... I'm grateful. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm very grateful to be here. I love gratitude. Gratitude's a great thing. It certainly is. We should have more of it, I think. I think so, too. <laughs> yeah. Now, incredible bio you've got there. I mean, wow. <laughs> I'm a little bit speechless, but um, obviously well-deserved. And I would love to lo- know a little bit more. How did you get to that point? Like, is it a little bit of an introduction you can do apart from what we now know about you? How did you get to the point where you wanted to write these books and make learning music easier? How did you get to that point? So share a little bit more about that with us, I got please. to that. Oh, sorry. That's I okay. got to that point by being in one-on-one lessons with students for years and trying to get them to learn things that they didn't really need to learn, but I thought they had to learn because it was the way I learned music and it was the way uh, many of the old music books showed us that we needed to learn music. And it was like, you know, you need to learn 15, 20, 30 different things before you play your first song. And what I came to realize is that if I wanted to make more money as a music teacher and also be a better music teacher and also help my clients and students more, I needed to figure out a way that was going to be more interesting for them because many times I've, I'd have someone come in, they get all excited about what they're going to do. And if anyone who's tried taking music lessons before has had this experience, you will relate. You get three lessons in, four lessons in, and it's like how to tune your instrument, how to read notes on the thing. It's like, I just wanted to be a rock star. I didn't want to do all this. And so uh, really just figuring out a way that we can get people to their, what I call your dream music goal. And that's the thing you've always wanted to do in music. And so I'm really passionate about getting you there. So I want to take away all the boring, unnecessary bits that you don't need and just get you right to where you want to be. And look, if you want to learn how to read music to get to your goal, or that's part of it, great. 
we're going to do that. But if that's not part of your goal, then we're not going to do that. So it's really about assessing every single client student that comes into my world and saying, okay, what do you want to do? And then having the expertise to say, okay, you're going to need to do this, 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 and do it in a particular order. And it's going to take you approximately this much time if you put this much effort in. And that's that's really where it came from. It was a desire to get people to where they wanted to be faster and more effectively without wasting time, without them losing the stars in their eyes and without them losing touch of that dream and the passion of music. Mm. And that sort of leads me into this this whole thing of generally in life, I think our life's journey is about, you know, becoming better versions of ourselves. And I guess with music, that's the same thing. We want to become a better version of ourselves as a musician or as a music lover or, you know, anyone interested in music. So is that kind of what you're trying to do, finding a way to help people not just become better musicians, but also better people essentially, because they realize that there's not just one way to go about it. Is that what you think you're also doing? Sure. Sorry, I keep on thinking the question's over and it's not. I apologize. That's okay. um, I One of my core beliefs is that when we learn music, we discover who we really are. And learning music is not the only way to do this. There's many different ways to do it. But it is true that when we get on the path of learning an instrument, singing, producing music, writing songs, uh, singing, whatever it is, we need to contend with the parts of ourselves that could be stronger. So for example, having the discipline to show up every day for five minutes to practice. Oh, now it's only five minutes, but you have to do it every day. And so it's like, we know most of us show up every day and brush our teeth at least once a day, most of us twice, some of us thrice. And so it's like, we know we are capable of showing up for approximately five minutes, because if you brush your teeth twice a day, it's going to take you about five minutes, especially if it's three times a day. We know we can show up, we can do something for five minutes, we can do it consistently, we can do it every day. But think about it this way, too. It's like, most likely, our parents sat there with us for years, drilling into us that we needed to brush our teeth. And so eventually... It starts as a habit, and a habit is a thing that needs a prompt. So you need someone to tell you, you need a reminder. That's a habit, is an action you take from a prompt. Now, a routine is what happens when a habit becomes thoughtless. You It becomes effortless. You show up and do it. So going to sleep, brushing your teeth, eating breakfast, these things become routine. You don't have to think about doing them. You just naturally do them because they're a habit that's become so ingrained to what you do that you just manifest it. So that's an example of where you can take yourself and put yourself through the discipline of having to show up and do something for five minutes every day, which is not easy to do, especially if you've been at a time in your life where oh, just sitting on the couch and watching TV all day feels good. And that feels like home. And and biologically and psychologically, that's where you're comfortable. To break that pattern is really, really, really hard. And it's really, really, really fundamentally, biologically, the deepest level of your being, it's uncomfortable. And so it's like, 
you need to be able to rationalize with yourself to get yourself to do something that would normally and does feel uncomfortable for a bit for it to become the new thing that is then comfortable. So that's just one example of how we can expand the horizons of who we are by just showing up and doing whatever it is in music for five minutes a day. And that's just one way where we grow. Amazing. And it's something that can be fun too. And if it's fun, it's easier to break the old cycle, isn't it? For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like, Go on. Sorry. So it's like the dream music goal. It's like if you want to play your favorite song, higher likelihood you're going to show up and you're going to try playing your favorite song or singing your favorite song. Then if I'm like, well, we're going to do Mary Had a Little Lamb, then we're going to do London Bridge is Falling Down, then we're going to do a bunch of children lullabies, right? It's like, who who really wants to show up and play London Bridge? But like real, like real talk, I, I, I not many people, not even kids are like, you get into about six, they're, they're okay with London Bridge is Falling Down. You get to seven, they're like, I've heard other music that I think is cooler than this. <laughs> so it's like, you know incentivize people with what they want to do and then you know showing up for five minutes does indeed feel easier yes absolutely and that's you know and I think a lot of people probably want to learn music but they're a bit of afraid and there's lots of reason why in your experience what are sort of the top three reasons why people don't do music or learn music or dive into their passion of music they think they're too old they think they don't have talent and they think they're bad so if if i may go ahead just disprove those three real quick please do. do okay you are never too old to start learning to play music they did a study of people between the ages of 50 and 85 and these people after taking college courses which included Music composition and music theory after, I believe it was three months, don't quote me on that, but it was a couple of weeks that they that they sat down and uh, took these college courses, their cognitive function or the way that their brain works returned to the level of 30-year-olds. So they literally rewound the clock cognitively between 20 and 50 years. This is legit. So it's like when we look at that, what we can think about it is, it's not that we get too old to learn something, it's that we forgot how to learn new things. There's a skill of acquiring new skills. And quite simply, that skill got rusty. So imagine you're a child, you're in school all day, you're learning new things, you're at home, your parents are teaching you things, your friends are teaching you things, you're a teenager, still, same thing. Everyone's teaching you things. Some of us go to college, some of us go into the workforce. What do we do there? We learn new things, but eventually we get into our 30s, maybe our late 20s, maybe our 40s, and we might go a decade without being challenged to learn something significantly new because we have all the skills to perform everything we do every day. And so that muscle, the brain muscle of learning new things, it gets weak, it gets rusty, it gets tired. And then once you go a couple decades or even just a couple years without learning new things, really challenging yourself, well, it doesn't quite work the same. And you go, you go, oh, I can't learn things anymore. I'm too old. No, you're not too old. You just forgot how to learn things. So how to fix it? Give yourself some time, be patient with yourself and go learn new things. Give yourself a couple of weeks 
and you'll be rocking and rolling. The oldest student I ever taught was 92. He did just fine. He made progress every week without question. So it's like, he could do it. You can do it. So that's age. So most people will say, I'm too old. I'm not a kid. And like, yes, it's true. Children will learn faster. Yes, it's true. And don't let that stop you. There's no reason to not live out your dreams. Like just because Usain Bolt runs significantly faster than I do does not mean I'm not going to go out for a jog. It's it's like, I, I'm going to stay home and never walk again because Usain Bolt is the fastest human. It's like, doesn't make sense. So it's like, okay, people will always, there's always going to be someone better than you. There's always going to be someone worse than you. So let's understand that and go live your joy for you and take ownership over your life and do it for you. Don't do it for anyone else. So that's age. Now let's talk about talent. Talent is real. Talent exists. You know, we we can see this in people who are in sports. Like within sports, there's always one or two stars that are like that extra 10% better than everyone else who is already better than any of us could dream to be, right? And so it's like, we know that everyone who's playing professional sports, they're talented. And then there's some people who are even better than the talented people. Those people are like extra talented. So we know talent exists because all of them, in theory, are putting in the same amount of work, the same amount of effort. And some of them are just getting a little bit more bang for their buck. They're getting a couple more miles or kilometers per gallon or liter of gas. So once we understand that talent is real, just like children learn faster, it's like, okay, talent's real, but that's not going to stop me from getting up and doing my thing. There's 14 things that anyone can do. And if you do these 14 things, you will get better at music. And it does not matter if you are the least talented person in the world. It does not matter if you are negative in talent. Like literally, if you are minus talent, like you go to pick up an instrument and the instrument breaks because it doesn't want you to play it because like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I'm about to sound so bad. I'd prefer to not exist, right? So even if you're negative talent, if you do these 14 things and these are the 14 unshakable laws of learning music if you follow these 14 laws you will get better at music and it does not matter how talented you are these are things like avoiding bad habits knowing when it's time to use a music teacher finding a music teacher oh what else well for example not listening to negativity from other people how to set goals should you read music should you not read music finding good and reliable sources of music information that's half of them seven of the 14 unshakable laws. So if you go about learning music in a way where you are covering all 14 bases, you will get better. It's just a matter of time, just a matter of putting in the effort, it's just a matter of showing up for five minutes a day. And the cool thing is you can do it in just five minutes a day. And real quick plug, I actually wrote a book for you called The 14 Unshakable Laws of Learning Music. It's on Amazon. Go get it. I made it the <laughs> cheapest Amazon will allow me to list it as so everyone can get it. And it will literally walk you through avoiding all 14 things so you can get better music. Okay, so that's talent. Now, people say, oh, I'm bad at music. Well, okay, hold on. If we know for a fact that talent is not the difference maker between you being able to make, sing, play, create music and not, that means anyone can make music, which means no one is bad at music. So when people think they're bad at music, what they really mean is that they are untrained or they don't have enough information. So there's really only two options. You're either trained or you are untrained. That's it. You're not bad. 
You just haven't gotten good yet. You haven't had the opportunity to sit down and put the effort in to get good. That's it. And because we know talent is not the thing holding you back, all you need to do is get some information and get moving. That's it. So those are the three main things I hear people say that are holding them back, but they're not real. The truth is these are not real. It's in your mind. It's something you are making up right now, and you don't need to listen to that voice. I am telling you, I'm telling you, you don't need to listen to that voice in your head. You can do it. Wow. I've just been sitting here going, there's the passion really coming through when you talk. (laughs) I mean, it does sound to me like you really, really, that's like your life's mission almost to make people realize that music is not so far out of reach for them. They can do music in some shape or form and it's just excuses and pre-programming from maybe even society telling them they can't do it mm-hmm. that's holding them back so whew, gosh I'm a little bit out of puff just listening to you <laughs> but it's great I love it it's um so important because I I I believe in the power of music and if we all could just realize that there is something for them there that they can pick out if it's you know become a better listener of music understanding music writing music seeing whatever they want to do there's a little something there for them and to go and get that I think that's part of my mission done (laughs) there you go and I assume where, where I mean I know where exactly did that start for you that that desire to make people realize they can do music there must have been a point in your life where you went you know this is really an itch I can't stop itching and but and I want to do something about it when was that point I'll start a little further back and then I'll get to the point so okay. further back not in terms of time not chronologically but further back in terms of like hierarchical thinking it's like the question I always ask myself in everything is how can this be optimized now, this is both a blessing and a curse. It's the natural question I always ask myself. Now, if you live with me, it would drive you nuts, right? Because imagine you cook a meal for me and I'm like, well, actually, if you cook the steak for 30 seconds longer and there was just a touch less salt in the and it's like, okay, Dan, we get it, right? So it is both a blessing and sometimes a challenge to control that immediate urge and also i'm blessed with the understanding and the vision of clearly being able to identify what could be optimized and how to optimize it in certain areas so it's it's such a blessing and i'm so so very grateful for it every time it's a drawback i'm just grateful because it's not really a drawback it's it's a blessing and part of my journey is figuring out how to communicate that to people so it's not abrasive right so that's that's where i'm at in my human journey now so that's that's the driving question that rules me. That is that is my question. It's like, how can this be optimized? So now that we understand that, why music? Okay, well, I got attention as a child when I played music. So the first time I ever picked up a guitar was in my grandmother's house. I was six years old, and all of a sudden, my family was giving me attention, and my family did not give me that much attention. There's a little bit of emotional distance especially when I was growing up. Now, my parents have worked on themselves a lot and that's all shifted and changed around. But having a moment where I was getting attention from the people whose attention I craved the most 
And I was doing that by music and with a guitar in my hands taught me at a very early age, when I want attention, I can make music. So it's like, I get love when I make music. It's this very deep thing. And so that brought me to spend a lot of time and put a lot of effort into creating music because I wanted love and I wanted recognition. And also, there's also, I think, a, a fundamental biological urge to get better at things and to ameliorate things. And so it's like, you know, it was, it was the thing that I picked that I wanted to get better at. And I remember so distinctly the first degree in music I got was at a sister school of Berklee College of Music in France called Music Academy International. And the vibe at this school was, uh, it was beautiful. I wouldn't trade it for the world. But the vibe was that week to week, depending on how well you played, you would move up and down essentially in a fabricated social hierarchy. And this was very interesting to me because I actually grew up when I was a child in a cult where there was a fabricated social hierarchy where your value as a human being was determined by one person who was the leader of the cult and there were no measurable, discernible, con constant metrics or or values that one would be able to reverse engineer what would move you up the hierarchy or not. And I was not at the top of that hierarchy. And so I was very confused inside of myself and always had this thought inside of myself that something was wrong with me, right? And so I go to the school in France and it's like deja vu, right? It's, it's the same thing. It's this fabricated social hierarchy. And I just remember how terrible I felt when the body language of the people around, because when you grow up in a cult and it's like hierarchical stuff, it's like you get so tuned in on people's body language and what people are saying to you with how they talk to you and how they look at you and their vocal cadence and everything and what level of respect and where their the level of status they're awarding you in that moment in a conversation. And to feel how... That status, and finally, I could understand the variable, right, for the status here. But it's like to see that difference in status of like how people who were better players than me would talk to me, treat me. And it was very much like a you're less than thing, made me feel so terrible on the inside. I was like, man, wouldn't it be amazing if I could take all the hundreds of hours of blood, sweat, and tears I wasted? developing bad habits, thinking I didn't need a music teacher when I did, listening to negativity from other people, ignoring important sources of music information, not reading music. And what if I could take all those mistakes I made and just judo flip them around, Aikido flip them around, and actually make them a powerful thing that I could hand anyone, and in an hour of their lives, they could just skip thousands of hours of mistakes, thousands of hours of, you know, wasted time. Well, not wasted now. You know, I, I try to make myself feel better and not wasted by creating books and things for people and just provide people with the stepping stones or create the bridge over all the traps that I faced along the way. And not just I faced, everyone else faced. So for the book, it's like I surveyed 86 musicians who all reported to some degree or another, facing these same 14 challenges. So that's 
that's where it comes from. It's it really is a very deep, deep thing that in my journey as a human being, I'm still working on. Wow. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. I'm my my brain is still kind of digesting what you just say because it's I, I feel it's so, so powerful, your your personal journey to where you're at now. And I feel probably everyone should appreciate that do you know what I mean like where you came from where that desire was born to what you're doing now I think that's yeah I think gratitude for for you and that you are wanting to do that is definitely definitely there and I'm sure your student will probably feel that too when they work with you that you have this desire this passion for them to be their best selves and yeah, I, I, I just feel like I want to thank you. <laughs> that's I don't know. That's the only thing that really comes to mind is to thank you that you're doing what you're doing because it's come from a yeah, probably a challenging start in a way. But look where you ended up, and I think that's incredible. So yeah, congrats and thank you. <laughs> and in a way, that's made me think about this connection we all have, kind of to music and. I, I I sort of get this sense that you want people to really connect with that because it can give us so much in our lives, not just obviously the music part, but also from us developing other things, like you said, better habits, you know, more believing ourselves, more confidence that we can use what we've learned in music and tackle it in other areas of our lives. Is that kind of a, a sort of a a, a sort of a side message that you feel you're instilling in others as well while they're learning music is that do people go oh god you know what I've learned here I can actually use that for something else as well is that kind of part of what you think music's mission is I don't know Me music is so interesting mm. I've been thinking about it a lot lately it's like music hacks our biology you know, so it's like music hijacks our brain and causes us to feel feelings that we wouldn't normally feel sitting like we could sit in a room and I play a piece of music and you could literally be crying, right? Just move to tears yep. through through sound, through organized and sometimes disorganized sound. It's literally grabbing your brain and causing the movement of massive emotions inside of your body so it's like what is the purpose of music i don't know but i do know it's one of the most powerful biological artistic expressions that we have you know we i've never cried looking at a painting that's not to say people don't cry looking at paintings but i cannot count how many times i've cried listening to music and people will say, oh, I've cried listening to movies, and to which I say, okay, take that same movie, take the soundtrack out of it, and then tell me if you're going to cry, right? Because if you really pay attention to TV and movies, it's like the emotion that you're feeling, a lot of it is coming from the music. And so it's like, that's why TV is so stimulating. It's because you have this visual that's entrancing you, right? This movement visual thing. But then you have this emotional story and this journey. Great composers bring you on 
a curated emotional experience journey. And it, it it's such a wild and incredible thing. So do I think that we all have to play music? No. Do I think we could all be open to more music? Yes. So it's like maybe you have your 10 songs that you go to all the time. And those 10 songs put you in a particular emotional state. And that emotional state feels very comfortable to you. What if every week you listen to a random album? Like you just go, you just like random, like chat GPT, ask it to tell you a random music artist. And then you take that music artist and you go on YouTube or Spotify or Pandora or wherever, and you listen to one of their albums. It's like you will expand your mental horizons. It's like reading a book. It's like reading a book, but it's it can be more emotional. Oh, it's it's interesting. I'm not fully formed in my thoughts here, but I'm sort of <laughs> meandering around pawing at things intellectually. That's okay. That's what I love about these um these interviews. That you can go in so many different directions and it's, you know, have new thoughts coming in or things you want to think about. So it doesn't always have to make sense. Please think away. <laughs> and the point you've made about turning off the volume when you're watching a movie or a TV show, I do that very often. Especially with scary movies, I turn the volume down and then I can oh, watch it oh, because absolutely. the music is just... The music oh. is what gets you. It's not the visual. The visuals is just like a leaf blowing across a street and it's like not at all scary. And then you listen to it with the music and it's like, oh my gosh. Well, just imagine. I mean, I went a couple of months ago, I went to the cinema to watch two music documentaries. And every time, obviously, they have to talking with the artist, blah, blah, blah. But every time there was like either a live scene coming on, like a live song, or they, they were playing the music. And because you were, it was louder than obviously you usually hear music um, at home, I suppose. I could just tell that the experience was so different. And, you know, the, the, and I walked out of it and I said to my friend, I said, oh, my God, I should do this more often. This is amazing. I wish they would show like these music documentaries in cinemas more because the experience is so different. Your brain goes pop, pop, pop in all directions. So, but then, yeah, if you would t turn that off, it would be a boring documentary because, you know, there's no stimulation there for me to experience the emotions. So, yeah, it's 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 such an interesting topic, and you know, my thoughts are going all directions too. And I don't even have all the knowledge you have. <laughs> I'm just a music lover that listens to music on a regular basis and has a podcast. So, <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's um incredible. Hmm, you got me thinking about a lot of things now. <laughs> my poor introvert oh, brain. <laughs> can I add something on this? Sure. Which I think is interesting. It's like. What's been really fun is to think about brains as being, as wanting, encapsulating sensory and emotional experiences, right? So that, that's what a movie is. You're in a movie, you're getting through your eye senses, it's like big, big screen, big light, and then big sound, right? And so you're almost lost in this sensory overload, and that's entertainment for your brain. Your, your brain finds that entertaining. And it's like, I've been thinking that same way about food. It's like the other day I was like blew through a bag of Tostito chips. I don't know if you guys have Tostitos in Australia. It's like corn chips that are probably not the healthiest thing to eat. And it's like getting in a thing of salsa and just like whoosh, demolishing an entire bag. And I was like, 
I'm having a brain entertainment experience where it's like, I just want to experience the feeling of this salty, crunchy thing. And it's like, it's just a, it's just a sensory thing. And it's so wild that once we realize that, and then we can sort of third party separate that from ourselves and go, okay, do I want to give myself one of these sensory experiences? Yes, no. And I was like, the answer is, okay, how am I going to give myself this sensory experience? Am I going to give myself a sensory experience in the way that tomorrow it's going to come around to bite me because I'm not going to be my best self because I'm not like, do I want to give myself the sensory experience of going out and drinking till 2 a.m. in the morning? It's like, that is a very particular sensory experience. But the cost of that sensory experience is the next two days, my sleep is going to be dysregulated. I'm not going to be able to get up and work on books and help people at the same level. And so thinking about things in those terms, while it might seem rather dry and bland, has been very, very in a very interesting perspective. And it's also like exercising too. It's like, okay, I don't feel like exercising, but I know if I give myself this this exercise experience and it doesn't feel very good while I do it afterwards, I'm going to feel amazing. And I'm going to feel amazing for a couple of days. And so just evaluating the feeling of the brain on these different levels has been a very interesting framework from which to operate. It's, it's actually almost blowing my mind. You saying that I'm going in, in again like with the food especially a lot of people do emotional eating so it's just being so yeah i'm sorry i'm just like like you said mind blown <laughs> oops but then um i'm just thinking could music help us in that like help our brain to i'm using the, the food example here if, if, if i want to go and have a bag of chips or whatever it is could we use music to deter us from not having it? Is that a stupid question? Is that a stupid thought? I don't know. Would that even work? I have no idea because I'm not obviously training all that. So um, I'm obviously maybe a bit too out there, but I don't know. Well, I don't know. I think, you know, barring someone who has sort of deeper psychological yeah, things where they are called to eat, Mm. on a level where they are not aware of what they're doing, right? So putting those cases to the side, right? If we think about what that is, it's like we're looking for a state, right? We're in a down state and we're looking for an up state. And the down state is like, I don't feel good, so I want to make myself feel. So it's like, how am I going to make myself feel good? Because we all we all want to feel good all the time. We're biologically programmed to want to feel good. And so the reason why, at least in my case, I would want to sit down and eat a bag of chips is because I don't feel that good. Or maybe I'm feeling very good. And I'm like, you know what? We're having chips. You know, so it's like, <laughs> yep, yep. So it, it's, it's states and we're, we're always chasing states. And so if we consider music as being this hijack tool where we can essentially sort of plug in, it's like software, it's like software plugin. You can plug it into your brain and you can change your state. It's like, yeah, you could do it with anything. It's like, you're having a bad day. 
you can put on some songs you like, and that can help change your state, especially if you've programmed yourself to be happy when you listen to a certain song. Then you go back and you have the routine of having the state of happiness with a certain song. You put that on, you might get back into that happy routine. So I, I, don't, I don't think that's an unreasonable leap at all. But again, to be clear, I am not a medical doctor and I am not a neuroscientist, but just speaking from my personal experience of music and chips, there, there, there be the anecdotal data. <laughs> music and chips. That should be the episode title. Music and chips. Music and chips. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, it's it's good to ponder about, about these things, though. You know, it might trigger something in someone who listens and goes, okay, well, maybe there's some work I need to do with a professional that helps me not eat a bag of chips a day. That'd be good. You know, that'd be amazing. So you never know what comes out of conversations like these so i suppose absolutely is there any particular music you love right now like a song or a genre that you're really drawn to at this moment in time no i oh, like to practice radical musical acceptance okay where i will listen to anything and everything and listen to it with growth mindset. So I'm going to find something good to say about it. And that's different than when I'm being a music teacher, right? Because when I'm being a music teacher, it's like if I'm listening to someone who's about to go into the studio and record their next album, and I'm listening to how they're singing before they go in, I'm going to tell them every single nuance that could be improved, right? Because my my question to those is going to be, how can we optimize, right? So it's like, I've, I've, I will slice and dice that vocal take <laughs> until it cannot, it, it can be no further sliced and diced, but just listening. And like, I do this over on my music theory for gamers channel on YouTube. It's like, I'll, for the very first time, I've never heard this music before. I will listen to an entire video game soundtrack in real time and give people insights into what's happening in the music, having never heard it before. So it's fun for me because I have to challenge myself to, pick up what's happening the first time around. Sometimes I have to go back and listen a second time and then also make music theory connections and break down, actually explain what's going on. And so this is radical musical acceptance. It's like whatever comes my way, I love. And I'm going to find something to love about it. And I'm going to get it, I'm going to get excited about it because music is so cool and music is so varied and it's so incredible that there's with 12, there's, there's 12 notes. There's 12 notes. And yes, Within those 12 notes, there's many different versions of these 12. But essentially, at, at the fundamental level of thinking about this, there's only 12 options that we have in music, in, in not in all music, but in Western music. There's 12 notes. And with these 12 notes, we can listen to Mozart. We can listen to Bach. We can listen to Dua Lipa. We can listen to uh, Bruno Mars. We can listen to Queen. We can listen to Justin Bieber. And all of them... We listen to Quincy Jones. All of them are using the same 12 notes. And how radically different is all that music? And so it's so it's such an incredible feat of human ingenuity and creativity to see someone come along and do something with these 12 notes that you've never heard before that surprises and delights you. Because you're like, oh my God, I would have never thought of that in a million. Like, you did what? With these 12 notes, because I mean, I've created stuff with the 12 notes, right? I know I, I know what I've done. And it's like every once in a while, someone will come up and do something. And I was like, wow, 
how did you do that with the 12 notes? Mm -hmm. And so when we consider that all of Western music is built off of 12 notes, 12, not 250, 12. Beethoven versus Justin Bieber, same 12 notes, guys, same 12 notes. It's amazing oh how, how, how I could possibly pick a favorite song or genre. I don't know because it's all amazing. Oh, gosh. you're blowing my mind today. <laughs> it's so obvious in a way. and so simple that I think our brain sometimes goes, it can't be. It just can't be, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, I'm going to walk away. With so much stuff from today, and I absolutely loved our conversation. It's just brilliant, and I'm sure there would be so much more we could talk about. But I think we've given people enough popcorn for their brain today. <laughs> to you know, not we don't want to overdo it in Friday brains completely. Um, then my last question is basically muted. I'm not even going to ask it. I ask it to everyone else, but. For you, I don't think it really is relevant because you, I don't know if it's easy for you to pick one particular song that kind of describes where you're at in life right now. Sure, um, I can do that. Oh, you can. Oh, amazing. Cool. Share. Yeah. Please share. <laughs> Christina Aguilera, Fighter. Oh, why? Tell us why. Okay. So it's a growth mindset song where she looks at all the hard things she's gone through in her life. And she is so grateful. She says, and I want to say thank you. She says, and I want to say thank you for making me that much, uh, making me that much smarter, uh, makes me work, work a little bit. Uh, I'm going to mess the Harder, I up. think, stronger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever it makes else. me that yeah. much wiser. Thanks for making me a fighter. Made me work a little bit faster. Made my skin a little bit thicker. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me a fighter. And it's like, I say thank you to life. I say thank you to life and I say thank you to my own internal biology. Like I, I'm just so grateful. I am so, so, so grateful for every challenge that comes up because the bigger a challenge you set yourself, the more you have to grow to reach it. And from my personal experience, the more fulfillment is found in, in the challenge. And it's not about getting to the goal. It's about how you get there. And, ah. Uh, also, just the guitar and like the rock in that song is just so I I love it. It's like, well I it's like it's so like hard rock, but it's also pop. Her singing is on fire, and then when they go to the bridge and it's and like you have this sort of out of time thing with these like pizzicato strings or staccato strings. It's nuts. It's such a good song. I do not understand why we do not have Fighter by Christina Aguilera Appreciation Day where everyone all around the world just listens to that song for like the whole day because it's so good. It's such an incredible <laughs> song. So if there's one song that would sum up, it's Fighter, Christina Aguilera. Oh, I, oh, I love it. Um, yeah, it's a good choice. I like that song too. One of many. But yeah, I can understand why you picked that one. Whew, awesome. My energy level's up now. Good God. What's my what's my day gonna be like now? <laughs> I'm just gonna rock it. Let's go. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Oh Dan, um yeah, as I, I said it several times during the interview, but really appreciate 
you coming on and sharing everything you have it's been for me personally such an eye-opener as well so many areas I know I want to dig into now and spend at least five minutes a day doing that <laughs> and for everyone that's um here today listening watching go check out Dan he's got some amazing stuff uh books podcasts he's on youtube channel go and check it all out and if you feel called then get in touch with him for whatever you need when it comes to music i'm sure he'll be able to help you or point you in the right direction if he can't which by the sounds of it will be um less likely but yeah thanks so much for joining us dan i really appreciate everything you shared it was oh talk about rock and roll man that was great thank you <laughs> any thank final you so words before we go Yes, thank you so much for having me. If I may say two more things. Yes, please do. The first is whenever you have a moment in your life where you're about to say something or you know something is true and you feel the butterflies in your stomach like you're about to go down a roller coaster and you decide not to say it, don't do that. Say it. Say the truth because the truth is awesome. The truth is the best. So whenever you feel like you're about to go down that roller coaster, that means you're about to grow so much. It's like you're about to go on a ride of self-discovery. So embrace that feeling of butterflies in your stomach and say the truth. I said so much truth today. The first time I said all this truth to someone, it was so hard to do. But now that I'm saying it to you, it's like I've said it a couple of times. It's so much easier. Second thing I will say is if you are interested in creating music, on an instrument or singing, I wrote a book for you and priced it the cheapest Amazon will allow me to list it at. It is the 14 unshakable laws of learning music, how to master any instrument and singing in five minutes a day. Please save yourself hundreds of hours, thousands of hours, thousands of dollars. Check the book out. It's like $2. Awesome. Yeah, the link will be in the episode description. So go check it out. <laughs> Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Okay, now we're closing off today's interview. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. And I really would love to hear your feedback and your takeaways, guys. Please do share it with us in any shape or form, on social media, email me, whatever works best for you. Let us know your takeaways um, because I think there will be many, 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 many. And I'm going to close it off now. I'm going to say thank you, thank you, and goodbye, and thanks for tuning in. And I'll be back in your earbuds with another episode very soon. Until then, much music and love to you all. Thanks and bye. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of the Living on the B-Side podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, subscribe to the show on your preferred podcast platform and leave me a review. And be sure to check out the Living on the B-Side website and connect with me on the social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Oh, and if you know someone who you think would enjoy this episode, please share it with them too. <laughs>